here we go. Who the hell are you, man? Genius billionaire playboy philanthropist. We are the knights! Uh-huh. Hold on to your butt. And now for something completely different. Hello out there. Welcome to the Nights and Nerd 2 podcast. We are a podcast for all things nerd with correct audio. My name is Chris. I'm here with... You know, as soon as I found out the patriarchy wasn't about horses, I kind of lost interest. It's Sam. <laughs> you have them lined up, don't you? Yeah, I, apparently. Uh, I have I have had the one, so I'm, I, it's just Sean. I, I'm just, <laughs> just taken aback by how Sam's like apparently has like 15 intros lined up uh, just in case. Anyways. And on the Skype hotline we have. Uh, theory has gotten me nowhere, John. Okay. I so, mean, I'm the one who brought in the like starting line. So mm. I feel like I have to come in hot. See, it's weird that like so so you the viewer uh we, we started uh we we this is our second time recording this, which is kind of depressing. Technically but, it's our third. Yeah, it is our third. But Sam, it's like every time we've started, like we've messed up on the intro, and every time Sam has had a different <laughs> like thing to say and like which is amazing because like i'm last so i feel like i should have a bunch in case like john or (laughs) sam comes up with something i came up with sam's first so like no one's stealing his nope and yet he has like a ton he's ready to just it's like every every week i usually have like two okay and i pick one all right well this is what happens when you stay up until 4 a.m every day (laughs) You come up with it is with true. Yes, yes, yes. I'm coming it, over on uh, during the week for one night. Listen, I'm just you, gonna come up with seven. If intros. you guys want, like, you know, if you want to come up with all these ideas, just get insomnia. <laughs> <laughs> the movie? No, the Christopher Nolan movie. <laughs> I, you know, I did have that, and then I decided, hey, do you guys want to start a podcast? And what happened? That was six years ago. So. <laughs> Seven, actually. <laughs> it's a seven. Oh it's boy! Seven Did it cure years. your insomnia? Because mine's gotten worse. <laughs> actually, that's true. It has helped. It has you know what helps too? Kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, anyway, let's let's get to the 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 main event here, which which we took we postponed a week. Yep. We all wanted yeah. to see the the movies. Um, the Barbenheimer. The movies. Barbenheimer debate here, but we all didn't see the movies. Seventy five percent of us saw Oppenheimer, and fifty yep. percent of us saw Barbie. So one of us saw both. We're, we're gonna we're gonna give you our our thoughts on on both movies here. Um, we're gonna start we're gonna start off with Oppenheimer because nobody wants to be depressed when they end <laughs> and go home, right? So let's let's uh, start off with Oppenheimer here. The latest from. Director, writer, producer Christopher Nolan, and it's it's a movie about Oppenheimer. I mean, what what else do you think is, is surrounding his sort of academic upbringing, his um, his personal life background, and the inevitable creation of uh, what do they call it at the at the thing the device Manhattan right? project? No, the device. Well, they call it. The, I was going to refer to it as the, the device. Gadget. Or the, the, the gadget. gadget that's, that's what it's it. called. Yeah. Which essentially surrounds the uh, invention of Manhattan, the atomic bomb. Manhattan pro- project and the inevitable 
ethical debate that follows. So it's a very um, star-studded cast coming in with um, I forgot his name already. Jesus, Gillian Murphy, Gillian, and Robert Downey Jr. You get a whole bunch of other ones. You got Matt Damon in there as well. Josh Barnett reminding us all he still exists. Josh Hart. 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 Sorry. How come he doesn't get flack? I get flack every time I say something wrong. I don't know. I missed like a letter. <laughs> Josh Peck is in this movie too. From Derek and Josh. Just because I think Russell Crowe is from Australia. Did not. Or just as No, you but he is Statham. Though. Russell Crowe is Jay- from Australia. Australia. See, that's what it is. Yeah. And, and to be fair... After you're like, oh, he's British. Let me play a British band, and then you played you too. <laughs> so like, I'm sorry. Yeah. That was that was an amazing moment on this podcast <laughs> where you insulted a lot of people. It's perfectly fine. I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll insult you too all the time. <laughs> like, to drive it home is the fact that you're Irish. That's true. <laughs> Very true. Anyway. Uh, so star study cast, we get Oppenheimer and Barbie were released on the same, same weekends. And that yeah. kind of created this whole bar, Barbenheimer. Um, basically half of Hollywood did Oppenheimer. The other half did Barbie from what it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Sounds like it. Pick the people have posted like cast photos of like TV shows and been like, who's going to see what? And people are like picking what characters would go see Oppenheimer. Which so like they took a picture of friends. It's like, yeah. who's going to see Barbie? Who's exactly. climbing? They're all going yeah. to see Barbie, but hey, yeah, that's a good example. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, Matt LeBlanc will just, he's Oppenheimer because he like accidentally walked into the wrong theater. Yeah. Like he went to go see Barbie, but ended up at Oppenheimer. Yeah. So, but, yeah. um, anyway, Oppenheimer going to see the movie. Uh, you know, nobody dressed up like they did for the Barbie movie. We'll so. get into that later. But what, um, you guys didn't what Brit wear your best tan suit? No, 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 no. With a, uh, didn't with let a me Stetson? in with a pipe. No, but I do. I, Stetson's on the on the wish list. But um, all right. So so Christopher Nolan has presented us with a three hour uh, essentially biopic about um, Oppenheimer and his and his uh, task uh, of creating the uh, fission bomb there, and you know. I, I I initially I don't know what to think about this movie, John. You saw it twice. I really I feel like I need to just to kind of formulate a solid, solid opinion on this movie. I'm very torn because it's a three hour movie, guys. It's a three hour movie. A three hour movie of people talking. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This is uh, one of the reasons that kept me at bay. Yeah. Michael so Bay. That is. It's a. Uh... <laughs> No. It's definitely a no. three-hour movie. So uh, initial thoughts. Were, joke <laughs> initial thoughts of this movie are like it's very long and it's people talking with people. However, it's not it's not like dull talk either. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of scientific talk, which which I find interesting. Yeah. It, it, which I find interesting. There's some, definitely some interesting talking going on in this yeah, movie. Yeah, and it's got a whole bunch of other things like um, you know, the the whole backstory of him being a commie or, or suspected commie and, and him having him having a lot of dealings with the American Communist Party. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, watching this movie, uh, you essentially know everything already, so you know what you know what's going on. Um, yeah, and and the story is presented uh, sort of uh, from two frame points where it's like after everything happened and before everything happened, it's. Uh, fission and fusion is is how they're labeled. 
They yeah, they essentially pin it like it's a uh, good versus evil style. Um, I don't even want to say good versus evil. It's like uh, two two academics or uh, prominent people going up against each other, and and kind of the 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 weird uh, kind of backhandedness of politics and how like yeah. you really need to like defame one or. Um, demerit one in order to kind of progress your career further which would i mean which he tried to do anyway but aside from that three three hour movie it's like a lot of people talking um <laughs> christopher nolan again falls into this hole like the sound is god awful for me Couldn't what was stand, that could, what yeah what did I don't you know. find because i thought, I thought yeah i mean i you've not seen tenant if this was bad sound <laughs> no, I, I haven't seen Tenet, but Christopher Nolan always has. I always have this problem with his movies is that it's too loud for me. And it I could be it, I didn't have that feeling. It could be I have just incredibly sensitive ears or something, but I find the noise that loud to be wicked annoying, like uh, atrociously annoying that it takes me out of the movie because there was the, there was in the beginning of the movie. Um, it's it's hyper stylized with him kind of visualizing what it what like light and waves and stuff and it's just like a lot of loud noises and, and things that are just chaos and that's what it's meant for like that's what the noise is there for but it just really took me out of the movie and, it, and it's not just this it's his it's his movies in general i cannot i cannot handle his loud noises i didn't get that from this movie. I, I don't i don't expect a lot of people to i uh, really don't i thought the sound was fine um there wasn't any towards the end either i so my thesis with this movie is uh, it's a mile wide and two inches deep where we cover a lot of topics, a lot of people, but not really in a lot of detail. Yeah. And like they throw a lot of names at me and I'm and half the time I'm just sitting there like, and they are. See, the but, names, but, the names but I will say bad. this. It's a good movie. Right. I don't know if I'd say it's a great movie. But it's definitely a good movie. Like, I was never really bored. I liked the topics we were talking about. It's just, we never got to the detail I kind of wanted it to be. I can see that. Where Didn't... it's like, if we just focused on Oppenheimer post-bomb, or Oppenheimer while doing the bomb, or Oppenheimer pre-bomb, maybe I'd enjoy it a little bit more. We did focus a lot on pre-bomb, though. We did have a lot of pre-bomb. Uh... But it's like we never got quite enough. See, I think we got a lot of pre-bomb, like a lot of his background before the Manhattan, pro before Los Alamos. Mm. I think we got a lot of that. But I think you're right with the with the name section that we hit a lot of name uh, references where we didn't technically get a good amount of. Uh, you, you, like you didn't know who you were talking about. So, yeah, yeah. Some, it's, it's just like almost like. Um, What's the, what's the one we watched? Uh, All the President's Men. It's like they reference the names. It's like, wait, who? What? And, you know, being from that time, you would recognize those names. Mm. But well, I didn't because obviously we didn't grow up then. Um, but it's, it's almost like the same thing where they're referencing a lot of like German, German names and Dutch names. And it's just, who are you talking about? I have no idea who you're talking about. I mean, about. I knew who Niels Bohr was in Heisenberg. but Yeah, right? But but you throw around other ones, and it's just, okay, I, I get I get it. I get it. But, um, you know, post-bomb, I didn't think we'd get a lot of... Uh, Honest, I honestly, I, I felt like post-bomb would be the most more interesting story. 
I know. Yes. That's when Godzilla shows up. <laughs> well, 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 John, you saw this movie twice. I'm, I have a feeling where your opinion is. Let, let's hear from you. Uh, yeah, I did. I did see it twice. I saw it uh, first time in just the traditional format. And then second time around, I saw it 70 millimeter IMAX, um, which I feel like probably better to do it that way than the other way around of going from like the preferred massive screen thing to just, you know, regular movie theater. But um, I absolutely love this movie. I this is very far up my alley in terms of the nexus of war and politics and science and building things and paranoia and just um, finding this to be a real interesting, um, real interesting project for Nolan that it's like so heavily dialogue based um, and that it's, you know, not to the surprise of anybody, a lot of talking. And I would say too, in the past, like I haven't found, like, I wouldn't say Christopher Nolan's strengths lie in like his screenplays, you know, like there's been some like interesting ideas, although frequently that's, um, you know, largely or more attributed to his brother, Jonathan Nolan, who he's, is, he's definitely a visual director. He, he knows right. how to do visual really, really well. Right. More of like how he tells the story, not necessarily the story, the story itself. itself. Um, and I found this script to actually be pretty strong um, in the framing. He doesn't, you know, it's, it's not like him getting, trying to be like overly cute in the same way. Like Dunkirk is, there's a lot of cross cutting, but like you're never really too far out of it or you're never really like, don't understand like what's going on or like where this is being set, even though, you know, there are some from that, you know, the movie is sort of split up into two sort of perspectives, a subjective one, which is in color, which is mostly like about Oppenheimer largely pre bomb. Um, mm. And so, and his sort of insight afterwards. Well, and then the, uh, black the, and white. the color I feel like is all the way up to him losing his uh, security credentials and black and white is everything after that. Yeah, that's, that's more or less it. Um, I mean, you sort of have a couple little posts or there's like that one sort of post scene that is in color, but yeah, by and large, mm -hmm. that's, that's sort of what it, or, you know, sort of what it entails. Um, but no, I just found this to be among his scripts, probably one of the strongest. Um, like it's at times, I mean, I still wouldn't say it's like, like he's Aaron Sorkin, even though like it's, you could tell me this is an Aaron Sorkin movie and I would like half believe you. Um, I wouldn't. Number one, really? everyone's a talking lot of... like actual human beings. <laughs> no. Aaron, and, and number, uh, I can see what wait, 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 who's in, what, in which situation are people talking like actual human beings? Not Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> oh yeah. Fair enough. Everyone's well. just speechifying at each other. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the, the, they, they, they weren't going full newsroom of like I'm just going to give like, a monologue I, about the. Or making the point, man. I'm not criticizing Aaron Sorkin. He's like one of the yeah, only screenwriters could pull that off. Yeah, I mean it's 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 like how I feel about Wes Anderson. Like it's its own thing. Don't worry about it. Like I'm not <laughs> once once I know I know what I went to go see. I know what I bought the ticket for, and in this case, yeah. I bought two tickets to see 
what I just found to be a very like, yeah, it's a lot of dialogue, but it moves fast and we're, and we're jumping to a lot of different settings and it feels very propulsive and building towards something. I mean, building literally towards something, which is the Trinity test and that first, um, you know, atomic explosion. Um, yeah, I just, I, I really liked it. I like that. Um, I, I know I, I can, see where you're saying sam of that you know it's a mile wide and two inches deep and like you know you probably could make four or five movies of just certain Mm. things that happened here you know like like i would say and i I don't think it helps where like i know some of the background details of like a lot of this stuff where it's like oh that'd be an interesting story or that'd be an interesting story or that'd be an interesting story like, cause like we have a lot of themes about, you know, the state of the American left in the 1930s. There's a lot of interesting stuff there. We have the, basically the collapse of the communist party in the 1940s, which we kind of touch on, but not really right. the reasons you why that happens. You have the rise of the military industrial complex. You, you have, have McCarth- McCarthyism. McCarthyism was a big know? part of that. Right. And like why that was such a devastating thing, especially for anyone who's on the uh, American <laughs> left. In the 1930s, which yeah, connect to that, and but I just I just don't think that that's what the story is. I mean, it's the story is just a very classic rise and fall of like, you know, Oppenheimer I, but, becoming or you know a fundamental force in essentially creating something that has permanently changed you know human history. Yeah, and, and I think part of my issue is that like. Like, it's just, I completely lost the point I was going for. <laughs> no, it's the statement. Uh, it's Christopher Nolan trying to make the statement. I, I was having a hard time trying to find like, like what I, he meant. Is it what movie. the statement I, is? or I got, what, I got what yeah. his statement was, and like, which was like, to put it in the simplest turn, nuke bad. Uh, I know, but everybody, like, we know. I, I don't know, know if it's that, I don't think it's that clear cut. No, no, I think it's very clear cut. I think it's very uh, as a very simplistic take on the nuke. But if you but if you know Uh, anything about Oppenheimer, that's what he essentially thought. Sort of like it's a bit more complicated than that. The sort of of dynamic that or, or the, you know, in the movie, they make it as if, you know, okay, he at least saw a, a need or a place for sort of tactical fission, you know, bombs, not the yeah. hydrogen strategic. Yeah, yeah. Let's more or less like we're going to wipe out, you know, kill each other with it. You know, whereas the other one is just this like immense weapon that, you know, like I said, it, it's a tactical thing. It's like, I'm going to take out a city, not like, you know, kill each other sort of thing. I, I will. I will say this, and, and once again, this is the problem is more me than the movie, is like the effectiveness of its message about the nuke, of it being this horrifying bomb, just fell a little flat for me. Mostly because really? I was just sitting there going, like, if this is the message you want, why didn't you just turn John Hershey's Hiroshima into a movie? That's a far more effective of just the horrifying effects of a nuclear at- attack than this movie is. See, once you, but that's that's. But what I don't I'm think to it's. I don't so. think it's the literal. The 
I don't think it's the literal impact so much as like it's more philosophical than like actual like. But like here's even a bomb it, going off. Even if it, it it's that philosophical uh, argument, where's the point of since the invention of the nuclear bomb, we've never had a uh, major power conflict of that, well, that, that's that, where, that well, dilemma that's, of yeah. of the bomb where it's yeah maybe it stops us from fighting each other but is it really worth it to put a gun to the head of the world and say if you fight a war we'll kill you well that's is what that he says, really though. how we want to live but that's what he says i mean i don't they brushed, like, they it, brushed it, upon that it, in the movie. like this is, goes back to i think it's new it's more nuanced than, yeah it, it just it brings it up and then just goes nowhere with it it's just it's there but, and then throws it away. And, and I think that leads to the next potential statement that could be determined from this movie. It's like the government is bad because the sci- they use the scientists to create this one thing. And then beca- if they have any no, ethics, or I, I don't think it's the government. See that's, bad. see, that's what I that's what I got out of this. I'm like, what's the statement they're trying to show here is he's trying to show here because we had the ethics is bad for the nuke. And it essentially closes out right after his sort of sp- like celebratory speech in the auditorium right yeah and then him viewing the pictures of of uh hiroshima so i and then we transitioned into this sort of viewpoint where you need to play by the government's rules now in order to stay on the project and in essence maybe have a hand on the wheel of a of a speeding car you Uh... know because that's that's what i got out of this i'm like hold on are they are they trying to like there's a whole bunch of people telling him you gotta stay, you gotta like, you know, give in to their de- essentially give in to their demands in order to voice your opinions on what you want to do with. Like if you don't want to make your future mom, you're essentially out. You have to be on board, and it's just this this endless like the scientists are on one side or the other side, and then if it's against the government, they're gonna just have the smear smear campaign all over you and you're just not going to get essentially I, I, I get the credentials. Get, I didn't get it was like it was the government but uh mm-hmm. I I got more of it was um what's his face Robert Downey Jr's character of like he just wanted to destroy Oppenheimer and this was that point of weakness that he could exploit. He yeah because that he was still his the head Oppenheimer's of Oppenheimer's past. And well, it wasn't just that. Yeah, it was yeah. the head of the EAC or and, whatever it and, is. And the fact that he didn't want to go along with the H-bomb and yeah. like, all, uh, and just, well, that's, that, was, in order that was enough, science, that was enough of an opening where he jammed that wedge in. In order for the scientists to gain security clearance to stay on any, any project with nuclear stuff, you essentially had to agree to make a fusion bomb. That's what I got out of this, even though it was. Obviously, it was more, more, you know, I, I, I never felt uh, it, it was never for like, I, was it Strauss? Strauss? Stra- yeah, not Levi, uh, but the other, yeah, Strauss. Yeah. But, uh, uh, no, um, Robert Downey Jr.'s character. Yeah, Strauss. Yeah, Strauss. Was it Strauss? Uh, I never got for him, it was never about the bomb. It was always that personal, like, you turned Einstein against me sort of deal. Yeah, it's him being slighted. It's him being embarrassed um, by him in that in that um, in that uh, congressional hearing that they were talking about, like uh, exporting the isotopes. Um, mm. And it's it's interesting too because I didn't catch this uh, first time I watched it, but you know, early on you have that episode of Oppenheimer um, in Cambridge and his instructor embarrassing him, 
and him just immediately, you know, almost <laughs> killing him. And like very much having this a similar reaction to, you know, being embarrassed and, you know, just being taken down a peg. Um, you know, for for me, the movie is sort of bifurcated insofar as you have up until and for me, it's just the the shot of the two bombs packaged up after the test and they're just moving away from you after, you know, <laughs> very briefly before it, there's a conversation of uh, Oppenheimer talking to some army guys and, you know, Matt Damon of like, okay, do you want me to go with you? You want me to give you, you know, there's some very specific directions. They're like, oh yeah, no, no, we got it. Like, don't worry, bro. It's a bomb. We know what we're doing. <laughs> um, of just, you know, this thing is like now totally, you know, Pandora's box has been opened and it's just totally out of your control. Because before that, I mean, you sort of have to frame the movie in a way like you can't have like you can't have the big moment being dropping a bomb that kills tens of thousands of people, you know, and, you know, that, that can't be like the emotional sort of climax of the movie. Um, Feels but, kind of emotional and climaxy to me. Not when you're like, but not when it's about building something and it's a building know. something movie. No, oh it's about God. it. But, no, but you have to, though. To. <laughs> Emotional climax to. is going to be this bit character coming in and dropping a bomb in a testimony. Yeah, well, no, the, but the big thing, though, is like you. There's an industry in the, the test is like, you know, it's like a scientific achievement in some way. You know, it, it's not like you can you sort of get. Um, you get sort of like hung up in all of this that like, okay, we're building towards all of this, that this is, you know, an achievement and like, we have to do this and we're on the you know side of the angels for doing all this and it goes off. And then, you know, just immediately dealing with the, I mean, I hate saying fallout, but the, you know, fallout from all that afterwards, like it's, I mean, the movie really just changes right there. And I don't know. I, I just, I, I found the movie to be more nuanced, I guess, than you guys did. Uh, I, I felt this movie lacked nuance in a lot of ways, especially the topics it was talking about. I mean, did you you didn't did you feel like so? Because I mean, oftentimes the movie's situated where um, Oppenheimer's defending to the people he worked with, people under him, the you know moral morality, philosophic, whatever you want to call it of you know using the bomb or having the bomb that sort of thing and he's always defending it like he's never he's never really it's only like when he's dealing with strauss and really like once you know they're sort of talking about like you know a hydrogen bomb that his sort of demeanor around the whole thing changes you didn't, you didn't find that at all i mean the, uh, yeah I, I found that it's just i didn't find that particularly nuanced where it's like oh now that it's real now it's real. Whereas like there's a lot more nuance going on here about the historical events. Like, I mean, I'm not going to be not going to lie. I was a little upset that they did my boy, Harry Truman dirty. Uh, yeah, they really did. Which in fairness, that's kind of how that meeting went. Uh, just point of reference. I believe he called uh, that is an actual line at the end. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I believe the actual line is he called him my fucking cretin. Uh, but uh, it, it, 
to me, it, it lacked the nuance of like what the situation was in the summer of 45 of like, if we don't drop this bomb, we could be looking at millions dead instead of thousands. And we, we don't really get that in there. Like, so you don't, you don't find that whole they, like discussion at like when they're essentially with the secretary of defense or war, or whatever it is I, at the time. I liked that whole scene, but we it did, it did seem slightly out of place for the rest a, of the movie. They, I will they say. almost made it comical. Oh, the, the Harry Truman scene. Yeah. No, no, no. The secretary of war is like, Oh, I have 12 cities. Oh, but we're not doing this one because I, I don't know. That, that sort of know. feels like how things are done where it's like, sure. Yeah, let the, you let have the secretary of war announce you have 12 cities, but I'm going to cross one off because I went to my honeymoon. Yeah. Like, let's but, just but like, tell I would say the cultural significance and yeah. Know. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's also not, it's Kyoto. It's, it's the old I, capital, but I, I get it, but it's just like, like I, I didn't, I didn't find that. Have a little bit of sympathy, man. Just I mean that—that's him having actual sympathy of like, oh, I have a connection here. I know this on an emotional level, so yeah, maybe we shouldn't bomb that. But you tell—I t- don't know. I, I mean, I, Chris, I, I would it. say the the anti—if you want, like the anti-government thing—it's way more that like almost every single like authority figure um, in the movie like pretty much like boasts about like abuses of power that they can have that like yeah. Matt Damon's like, Oh yeah, I'll just kill that guy. Like, not nah, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're talking about when Casey Affleck shows up, which is just like an incredible, like five or 10 minutes of him just being <laughs> like coming on board and just being like the fucking devil, like out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then Matt Damon explaining how he was like, I'm going to like interrogate him the Russian way and there won't be any witnesses. <laughs> <laughs> i mean that that's your that's your big brother kind of take on it that and the mm. whole military industrial complex but what'd you guys think about uh emily blunt and uh florence Pugh in this i mean i'm gonna be honest i wasn't entirely sure why florence Pugh was even in this movie that a lot of that just like happened and i'm like cool why well it's part of the um the hearing because he's they they yeah, wanted he, to show that he still had connections he, to the he had plenty party. of other connections to the communist party yeah that's, yeah but that's I mean come on there's nothing as racy as you know or like media's you know having yeah, an affair like, with a communist yeah like I mean like I I we don't really expand on the character here we don't really like keep I mean nobody's really. There's only one character in the thing. Everyone else is just NCO, like and you know, and then mm-hmm. uh, non NPCs. NPCs. Like everyone else is just, you know, hey Oppie, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what right. would you like to do today? Um, you know, I mean that and Downey. I, I would, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say Downey too is sort of like, you know, I don't know. I have the same feeling with Downey where it's like, and you're here, why? Well, you have to have an antithesis almost. I, yeah, yeah. You have I, the, I will add say, the antagonist, but like. I sort of felt like, shouldn't the system be the antagonist? You need a face and, for it, though. And for it to be, like, a hearing about his confirmation as Secretary of Commerce does not seem consequential in the same way that the introduction of nuclear ordinance does. Yeah. But didn't that You know, as sort of a yin-yang. I thought that's what, was, what actually happened, though. Oh, that happened. I'm just saying, like... Dramatically. It doesn't... It's, it's not exactly, you know, it's, uh, you know, yeah, exactly. Dramatically, it's not exactly on par, but no, I get it. But I mean, this, 
But I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I think Nolan's direction, like, makes it feel like it is until you sort of, you know, think about it a little more. <laughs> but um, but in the moment, it, it feels it's very captivating. Um, I really I just to get back in, in general. I just really love this movie. Uh, I, 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 love... I know I think this was a bad mo- this was a good movie, right? And my whole thing is, is like, I don't know if it's a great one. Yeah, I'm going to say it is, but that's OK. Um, I, I just feel, and I don't know. I feel like also just all of your other, you know, boatload of that guys, boatload of just people showing up for like two scenes, and then they're out. Um, Gary Oldman. I just thought it was really well cast. Gary Oldman as Truman just. I mean, like, why, why? He why? was terrible at Truman, but you know, it's it's also seemed costly as Truman. No, <laughs> am I wrong? <laughs> What maybe seventeen words he said the whole yeah, time? Yeah, for, for, for to bring in Gary Oldman for that, it just all right. I know you guys guys have worked together before, but you know, all right. Yeah, I know. It just I don't know. I feel like you gotta. It can't just be. I'm not saying it has to be Gary Oldman, but it just can't be anybody when it's the president at the end there. I mean, whether you even need that scene is you know questionable too, but. Um, well, the movie's going to have their uh, fair share of nominations, so. <sighs> All right, what number? we got to give it a number. We're giving it a number? I'll start. Uh, I'll give it like an 8-4. Eight, 8-2. Eight, I'm going to give it a 9-2. I figured. Yeah. All right. All right. Do we want to uh, <laughs> bring it up a notch? Yeah. Nobody's wearing pink here. Let's pink it up. Yeah. So, John, you sticking around? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> we'll try it. Right. the podcast, to... I'm here the whole time. Right. <laughs> try not to spoil it for you. Uh... Well, um, no, 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 say whatever. Yeah, it, I mean, this movie, it's really hard to say, like, if I spoil it, it's going to ruin it. Yeah. It's not that kind of movie where there's twists and but, turns. But anyways, and... It, it's Barbie. It is Barbie. Directed yes. by Greta, uh, Greta Gerwig. Yeah. Uh, written by her and her husband, uh, Noah Baumbach. And um, uh, Margot Robbie. Margot yeah, I mean, Robbie. Huge cast. Well, star, starring. Yeah. Starring, yeah. starring Margot Robbie. Brian Gosling. Uh, Will Ferrell. Will yeah. Ferrell. America Ferreira. Uh, uh, Helen Mirren. Shang-Chi. Uh yeah, there's just so many people. There's in this a lot. Movie. There's so a lot. many. The other half of Hollywood that wasn't yes. in Ar- Oppenheimer. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, Sean. Yes. How did you feel about this? Well, let me start with the experience of going um, to the theater. Yeah, in the let's, first place. let's start with that. So I have not seen a movie since uh, this movie dropped. So this is my first time back at the movie theaters, which was last night. Um so, you know, I, I, we went on a Tuesday night, I brought my wife, which is the reason why Sam tagged along, because it's just weird. A guy, a guy or two straight dudes just showing up to a Barbie movie. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like two guys, I could pull that off. My, my issue was that. I'm a 30-year-old man sitting in the back of a theater watching a Barbie movie. A little creepy. And we were in the back of the theater. Yes, but I had other people with <laughs> That's me. That's true. Um, the reason why we were in the back of the theater is because it, like, sold out fast. On uh, a Tuesday. On a Tuesday yeah, night. That's... Yeah. 8 o'clock, Tuesday night. Um, 
Both of these movies have been bringing in a good amount of money. So. One of them has been bringing in a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, Oppenheimer. Well, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer is bringing in a lot, but Barbie, obviously well, Barbie is Oppenheimer is around 400, 450. Yep. I just looked it that's up. That's a good amount. Barbie is over Especially 800. That kind of, yep. That's it's Barbie's probably going to pass a yep. billion. Yeah. So one of these movies is being a lot more successful in the in the box office. Um, but I would say that's because... Barbie has more appeal to a larger audience. Yeah, it definitely has a, a, bigger a net. wider yes. audience yep. for it. With with it being PG-13, with it being, you know, not three hours long. Uh, <laughs> Oppenheimer was R, right? It was R, yeah. Well, new Oh, Florence Pugh. Yep. We, okay. had, we had boobies. Yep. And, you know, every time, like, Oppenheimer was on screen, he was doing the windmill with his deck. He was like, woo! You know, honestly, we got pretty close. A few times, we got pretty close to Oppenheimer. I mean, but if you've seen Twenty Eight Days Later, you've seen Killian Murphy (laughs) naked. So I mean, (laughs) nothing unique. Anyways, anyway, nobody's naked in Barbie. Nobody's naked. Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) Even if they were, we have some comments where that probably wouldn't matter. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So uh, it's just it's about Barbie Land and. She's just stereotypical Barbie is Margot Robbie. And there's all these other Barbies and Barbies rule Barbie land. And it, it's really odd in this movie where like they really drive home that Ken is an afterthought in this world. Like seriously is an afterthought. Like, I mean, there's one point like it's been online where he's like, Hey, I'm wondering if I could, you know, spend the night and they're like and do what he's like i don't know (laughs) and then she's like well it's barbie's dream house not ken and barbie's dream house so (laughs) and there's another point where they're like where do ken sleep and they're like i don't know i don't know (laughs) so like ken is an afterthought in this world um and it's just like Not in the movie, uh, although. No, no, definitely not in the movie. But in in Barbie land, he is. Um, And, like, everything is fine and everything's hunky-dory until during the dance number, Barbie asks if anybody else has thought about death. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, like, so out of the blue, it is hilarious. Has anyone else thought about death? Like, mid-dance number. Like, they're all dancing. Like, it's it's like a three-minute-long dance number. And like yeah. right in the middle of it, she asks that question and then obviously saves it and they all go back to Barbie land and things start falling apart. She has to f- end up going to the real world, yeah. find the little girl who's been playing with her, uh, fix the problem, and then she can go back and be Barbie again. And that is basically that. That is the about. story. Sean? Yes. Just give me your one sentence review of this movie. Ryan Gosling steals the show. He kind of does. <laughs> and I don't know about you, Sean, but this is one of the funniest movies I've seen for a long time. It, it has been a while since. This is a hilarious yes. movie. Yeah, beginning s- to end. So many great lines in this movie. So many weird references. So <laughs> the opening of this. So it's narrated by Helen Mirren. And the opening is about Barbie becoming like the first non baby doll for girls to play with, you know, up until Barbie came out, it was all babies. Girls were expected to pretend to be moms. This was the first time they could play with a adult human 
and you know let their imagination go run wild that you know barbie can be anything kind of thing but it's played up as 2001 a space it's Odyssey. just a parody of 2001 you know the intro with like the primitive man and like, yeah. that Donovan. scene but with barbie uh. it's hilarious <laughs> Like when he like discovers that a, the bone can be used as a club and starts beating the crap out of other bones. It's that, but with a little girl and dolls and just destroying dolls. It's like the monolith is Barbie. And the girl's like, <laughs> and like touching Bart. It's hilarious. And like, I went into this being like, this can't be as good. It's going to be like, eh, well, I saw that scene. And I lost it. I was like, I'm in a hundred percent in yeah. on this movie. Like I, I I remember hearing was it Margot Robbie said where like she agreed to this movie where it's like there's no possible way they would allow this movie to be made. Mm-hmm. I totally understand it now. Yes, since like Mattel, yeah, the the people who had to okay this kind of come off as the villains a oh, little yeah. bit. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like just they're like not great, but they're also not really the villain. Like, like nobody really comes off as the villain in this, right? It's kind of just like nebulous of like life kind of sucks. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that just ends up being sort of the villain. Yeah. And but like it's great how like so that you you talk to anybody who hated this movie and they're going to be like the patriarchy they kept bringing it up and that's what sucks about this. Like I never got the idea like Ken summed it up perfectly which was your intro where like <laughs> He figures out what the patriarchy what? is, brings it back to Barbie land. All the Kens take control. And then he's like, at to like when the Barbies take control back, he's like, yeah, I never really understood what patriarchy was. I thought it was about horses. When I yeah, found it, just, it wasn't, I lost interest. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's, it's definitely where like you get the vibe where it's like, this is the patriarchy. We kind of just go along with it. Cause we, none of us really know what else to yeah. do. So, like, we just kind of go along with it. But, like, it's a weird movie where you think that it would be, like, not to be too political, but, like, yay, feminism, like, women's movement. But, like, this movie also shows, like, how the Kens are oppressed <laughs> yeah. in Barbie land. Like, horribly oppressed. Like, uh, it's 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 a weird movie. It, like, it roasts the patriarchy, but it also roasts the matriarchy yeah it roasts mattel oh it yeah ro- it roasts just the concept of barbie itself yeah it co- roasts the concept of rebellion it co- it roasts like everything yeah it's like they they're like this is what our movie's about and they just lit it all, all on fire and they're like <laughs> flicking it off like god oh, screw you but like at the same time it's also like but yeah are, are, is it like kind of all this kind of fun yeah <laughs> i mean <laughs> It's is it make believe kind of fun? Yeah. Yeah. I mean it it is the most bizarre movie I've oh, seen yeah. in a long time. There's there's weird moments where I was like this is Brazil. Yeah. Like in the Mattel. The Mattel. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, uh, Mattel offices. The movie by the way, not oh, the yeah. country. Yeah, the movie Brazil by uh what's his face from Monty Python. Um no, I so like they show Mattel and it's like solid brick no windows like inside the offices everyone has their own cubicle without a door there's no doors to the cubicles they're just like kind of stuck in there and like it's super depressing and the guy finds out barbie's in the real world 
So he takes it upstairs to the the FBI calls him. Like you gotta get a handle on this. There's a Barbie in the real world. But like it, (laughs) like it, it shows the split scene between the two talking. So it shows the FBI headquarters and then Mattel, and Mattel looks so depressed (laughs) because it's just like drab, gray, like no light. Like it's like. It's very depressing. And then you see the FBI and it's like colorful and people are talking it's and like moving also around. Also just like these like small cubicles. Right. <laughs> it's like kind of the same thing, but like, but they have happy. windows. <laughs> yeah, They have windows. So they're letting in the natural light, but like he goes up to the Mattel, like board of directors and it's all men. It's all, men. it's all men. Listen, John, the only woman up there is the secretary. Listen, John, <laughs> women are the central of this, this building. <laughs> This giant phallic-shaped building. (laughs) (laughs) Which brings up another point. This might be one of the best Will Ferrell movies I've seen in a long time. Oh, yeah. He's great in this. And, like, granted, it's kind of a bit part, but he's hilarious. Just just one-liners left and right. I don't know know if you noticed, John, with that whole, uh, like, Mattel board meeting uh, thing. Did you notice what was in the back the entire time? What? A building with a big old sign that said Warner Brothers Discovery on it. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, let's just shit on the people who are producing this as well. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, like it it's this is such a bizarre movie. It is a very made. bizarre but amazing yeah. movie that uh I loved this movie. Hundred percent loved this movie. Like I would go see it again if it wasn't for the fact that movie theaters were packed and half the people in there were just like pinking it out. <laughs> yeah. My God. Like there was a group of women, women older than us walking in dressed in all pink, saw a couple girls in line for concessions wearing pink. And they were like, looking good ladies as they walked by them. Like this was insane. <laughs> When I, when Christina told me she was going to see this movie with, yeah. I think it was my sister, actually. Um, she's like, oh, you want to go see Barbie? I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> she goes, I want to go see Barbie. I'm like, all right, call somebody. You can go with these guys, you guys, or yeah. go with somebody else. And then um, she she chose the night, and then she walks out of the bedroom, and I, as I'm walking in, away from the kitchen, and she's just decked out in this pink dress. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah people... And really then and that, that's when I realized that this thing is going to be huge. Oh, yeah. Chris, that moment. Chris, well, I'm going to be completely honest. You're not going to hate this movie. No, not at all. I, I, I don't think I'll hate it. No. I don't think I'll love it, but I no, just have I think no intention of it. It seeing is, it. I have it is no hilarious. intention of seeing it. You like this. I'm sure I'll be forced to rent it when it comes out. Or buy it. And then <laughs> I'll have to view it then. It is worth the viewing. It is... Really. I'm sure. I'm so sure. Time wise, it will be worth it. Like point. the one scene that from the trailer that scared me is the flat feet scene, and like I was afraid that that was going to be uh, more or less the humor of this movie, and uh, luckily it wasn't. Yeah, it was just like, oh yeah, flat feet. It was oh, like, that's eh. funny. and then once like Ken was on the life, uh, the uh, was it the uh, um. 
the tower on the beach, and he's just like, uh, uh, <laughs> just dry uh, heaving. Uh, <laughs> he's like, oh, okay, I'm uh, yeah, no, like I, I, I thought that was great, but yeah, there's there's two musical numbers in this. The first one being in the beginning, which I was like, my God, let it end. <laughs> I was like, this is because it's the beginning of the movie. You're like. You know, you're still everything getting is your happy in Happy Land. Yeah, you're getting your feet wet, and you're like, "Why is there a dance number going on?" And but like, you see Ryan Gosling, and like he's hilarious the whole time because oh, yeah. he's always like super serious, and they're like doing these weird dances with their arms, and he's like staring down the other Ken that he has a rival with, and it's hysterical. Um, but like that one, whatever. The musical number at the climax of the movie, the, the which Ken is one? the. Uh, was I think it's called like I'm Ken yeah. or something like that, where it's Ryan Gosling singing about being Which Ken. I read the composer made that song as a joke, really, and then presented to Greta Gerwig, and she's like, "Oh, we're putting this in." Good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's play. He's singing it as he's preparing for and then going to war <laughs> against the other Kens. With his army of Kens. Which, like, him and his rival Ken have this meetup, and then they expose their bare chests to each other, <laughs> and then just the power of machismo <laughs> creates <laughs> this alternate reality of just, like, a dance-off that's vaguely like Grease. Very much like Grease. <laughs> and it's hard to explain why that's so amazing. Oh, yeah. No, like, I, I don't think I can describe why that scene is amazing, but it is. And, like, during the whole fight, they're, like, shooting bows and arrows and, like, hitting each other with tennis rackets. And the board of directors of Mattel are walking through the, <laughs> the, uh, the fight. And, like, one of them's like, they don't have real weapons, do they? And Will Ferrell's like, no, no, it's all fake. And then the guy gets shot. <laughs> like, but I thought they didn't have real weapons. <laughs> like, it, oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, that whole fight sequence is, like, really what cemented this movie as, like, an amazing movie. Because it's, like, stupidly choreographed. Like, just... You watch any of the extra like people in the background, they're really not doing anything. Like usually when you watch a well choreographed fight scene, like there's good stuff going on in the background. Well, they're, they're mostly just flexing at each Yeah, other. like there's nothing going on, but that's the point. Yeah. Is like it's supposed to a bunch of guys who don't know how to fight are fighting with tennis rackets. And like bows and arrows with suction cups on the end of them. <laughs> like, and like they storm the beaches like Normandy. <laughs> like, it's, it's so bizarre, but amazing. I like, if you haven't seen this movie, you need to go see this movie. It's, it is honestly just amazing. Like, I will never regret seeing this movie. Um, yeah, like, this just, this is everything I wanted. This so to many be. like um, uh, cameos and stuff. But Sean, let's let's talk about the real hero of this movie. Okay, Alan. Alan, yes. <laughs> Michael Sarah somehow becoming a true hero of this movie. Like he's kind of barely in it, but every scene yeah. with him is golden. 
just him being, like when, once the the kids take over Barbie land when he's trying to escape where it's like if I have to sit on another leather couch again I will lose my mind <laughs> and then he just beats up the construction workers <laughs> Well, they're having like the mother uh, daughter <laughs> talk, and just in the background, he's just beating the he's shit like out of the choking guy out. Shh, shh, go to sleep. Oh, he's <laughs> choking him out with his shovel. He's like, shh, shh, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. <laughs> like Michael Sarah, like going ape shit against a bunch of like muscular dudes. It's amazing. Um, like they're, they're shouting out like lines from like the advertising on the box. <laughs> it's like, he's, he's Ken's best friend, his clothes fit him too. Or just like just the random like calls out call outs to just weird Barbie toys over the years. Mm-hmm. Where's it? her friend Margaret, the the pregnant one? Oh yeah, and like Will Ferrell or sees Margie. Her. He's like, oh god, <laughs> thank God we discontinued you. <laughs> oh my, and yeah, they they bring up a bunch of like weird Barbies that have been like tried out in the past and they're all true. Like they're all real Barbies. <laughs> sugar that daddy just, Ken. Yeah. Sugar daddy Ken. It's like, what? And they're like, no, no, this, the dog's name is sugar. I'm her daddy. That's weird. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I, I, it's so hard to it's sit interesting. down. This comes from lady bird director. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, like, on, did you see Lady Bird? No. Like, I, as as someone who's watched both Lady Bird and Little Women, I have not watched her first directing movie. Uh, but which is what? Uh, I forget the name of it. It's it was a while ago. But like, this is honestly not that surprising. Mm-hmm. This is a lot of her movies. It's it's definitely leans a hell of a lot more into the comedy than her other oh, yeah. ones. Yeah, she's made dramedies. Especially Little Women, which is just a straight uh, comedy, but mm. uh, sorry, uh, drama. But like, this is the kind of movie she makes. Yeah, where it's 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 just it's this. It's hard to explain. Yeah, this, <laughs> this whole movie is kind of like a commentary on society in general, without really picking a side. No, yeah, and that's kind of what where it's like her movies are very much about. Listen, we're all just trying to get a uh, get by. Yeah. And even though we're all trying to trying to get by, it gets a little fucky wucky sometimes. <laughs> but like, we're all just trying to get by. Yeah. I I mean it, it's it's I'm always just thinking of so many great oh, lines. Th- and, and like there's so many things that the, I don't the, uh, well, I guess yeah, they, don't tell don't, all don't the lines. Oh no, 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 and, I, I won't spoil the end, but but yeah, she has a uh, she has, uh, her ghost has an office on the seventh floor. Oh yeah, There's, yeah. Oh my <laughs> god. Yeah, it, it's amazing that they were able to make this movie. Yeah, it's and... definitely like Mattel just being like, "Fuck it, go ahead." Yeah, <laughs> well, like, I mean, like, that's what they just did, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, after they found so out movie. that this movie was going to make them millions, if not billions, of dollars, <laughs> they they were like. Especially at, at the end, where uh, was it? America Ferrera is like, well, it's just what about ordinary Barbie? You know, oh, yeah. she's she's not okay. great at anything, but she, you know, that's, she's just getting by. That's a terrible that's, idea. It's gonna make us millions. That's an amazing that's idea. idea. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. This, I, especially after Mattel tried with the movies with like, was it Max Steel? 
which <laughs> I saw three times in a two-day period, unfortunately, because of all you assholes. Uh, <laughs> no, I watched it once. Then Amy was like, but I want to see it. So I watched it with her, and then you guys came over, and you were like, but we want to see it. And I was like, screw you guys. Um, yeah, that's on another podcast. Uh <laughs> episode many years ago me complaining about having to see that movie three times in two days but like yeah i mean props to um to this this movie it's it's odd when or it i shouldn't say it's odd it shows you that if you have a property that you want to make a movie out of and you give that into the right hands not michael bay (laughs) That it can be a good movie. Yeah, yeah. And I all too often, as Michael Bay and Star Wars included, and, where you have a property and you give it to a well-known director that's like maybe not the best well-known director, but a well-known director, that it's it's going to fail because you have like 17 writers in the studio trying to write this thing. Yeah. Just give it to somebody who's competent that you know can write a script it like, like, has a history. Isn't it? I don't know if you got this vibe, but it's like, it's weirdly also a parody of IP movies as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it sucks with like what's going on in the world outside. But like in the beginning, the song that is uh, Lizzo singing it. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Um, great. Like two <laughs> parts. Narrating song. what Barbie's doing. Yeah. Yeah. The whole time. It's hilarious. Um, Especially the second time. Um, the <laughs> second time is even better. But anyways, it, it's just like so much is going on in this movie that it's like really hard to put my finger down on like what, like you said, uh, Sam, the, where the message is anything but like everything sucks. Everything sucks. But at the same time, it also kind of doesn't. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it sucks. But like, it's kind of nice, isn't it? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. We're, all, we're all just trying to get by. Yeah. You know what? That's what, that's perfectly all right. We're all trying to find our place in this world. And uh, whether it's in Barbie land or... And, and and to think, you all were like, Sam wants to see Barbie. No, well, yeah, you were the first person. Because it was yeah. Greta Gerwig, and I'm like, I love her movies. No. And this is such a weird turn for her. I, I had... So when it came to Barbenheimer, before the reviews came out, I looked at it and I went... Oppenheimer. It's going to be between like high 80s, low 90s on Rotten Tomatoes. I just already know that. Barbie. I have no clue. I was like, maybe it's going to be in the 90s. Maybe it's going to be in the 20s. I don't know. Because it was so hard from the trailers to really judge what this movie is. In fairness, how do you sell this movie? <laughs> you don't. You other said than... just on nostalgia. The... Okay, so nostalgia the trailer... For this movie, I think it was the second trailer. Did it best where they said, "We're like, do you love Barbie? This is the movie for you. Do you hate Barbie? This is the movie for you." Because yes, it is the movie for you if you're on either end of the spectrum. Like it shits on Barbie. They leaned into it. Yeah, well, it shits on Barbie while like celebrating it up and out celebrating her history and what she's done for women in society. Like it's. I it's amazing that I, I I will always keep bringing going back to this fact that like this movie should not have been made. And, and I, I I'm think, glad it is. Uh, I'm glad it is. And we're also skipping over 
the most important part. John Cena is a mermaid. That is true. Merman. Merman. Sorry. Merken. <laughs> I feel like I knew this, but yes, John Cena's in it. Okay. He has a few. And you know what, Sean? Sure I don't know about you. I kind of want to own that. I'm Knuff. Oh, sure. I'm Knuff. Yeah, <laughs> I have a. I have a. Um, I, I have a friend on uh, that I graduated in high school with, who uh, whose name is really close to Knuff. Um, and so people have been searching for that shirt, but have been redirecting to his website that he, cause he's a, um, a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. And so like, he's getting a ton of traffic. Like he posted it on Facebook, like tons of traffic on his website, looking for shirts with his name on it. And he was like, I had no idea what was going on until I saw the Barbie movie. And I realized everybody's looking for the I'm Knuff. John Cena shirt. No, it's not John Cena. It's the one that um, I'm it's it's, it's a, I'm I, enough, but with a K in K, front of well, him. Yeah, but it, it. it's it. uh, Ryan Gosling wears it at the end. Like immediately after he makes that turn as a character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Ken is. Very complex of a character for somebody who's a, an afterthought. Yes. Um, well, you want to give this movie a let's rating? Let's give it a rating. This is going to be the weirdest rating. You could go first, John. I might go with like an 8-7. Eight, 8-7? Seven. Eight, seven? I'm giving this a 9-2. Woo! All right. This, this movie's amazing. It is like, I, I, I'm close to a 9, but not quite there. Um... Okay, but the right, runtime right. is great too. It's only it's under two hours. I think, yeah, right, yeah. It's like just under two hours. It's such a good selling point. It's runtime yeah. nowadays. It's such nowadays, a good selling point. There's no reason to be over two hours unless it's like an actual complex kind of Oppenheimer. Plot. Sure, no complex plot, just Oppenheimer. Uh, okay, so uh, we, we did it. We completed the Barbenheimer. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of us did. <clears throat> well, yeah, it was I was never going to complete it. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's 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 probably guys true. talking for three hours. I'm out. Girls <laughs> talking for three hours. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> they rode rollerblades. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't forget them, several uh, people I, did. Let's. All right, yes. all right. All right. All right. All right. So, so next week, I think we got another. We give another two for. Yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja um, Turtles, as well as the Meg Two, the Trench, the Trench. So, we'll be tackling that next week, and I think we'll wrap up uh, final thoughts on um, uh, Secret Invasion. Yep, we'll do Secret Invasion. Maybe maybe, we'll touch maybe a little on. Twisted Metal. Maybe we'll touch Twisted yeah, Metal. So we'll, we'll touch on that. All right. Well, uh, if you like all the episodes, you can find them on all the streamers. Uh, send us messages on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Nights That does it for us for this week. Until next time. Bye. Adios.